started in 2013, where I was approached by somebody I know in Wollongong to do um, to get involved in a kind of debt collecting job, which I turned down three times. I wasn't interested. Um, it was for a lot of money. It was for over five hundred thousand um, dollars. Then he approached me probably back in 2014 and, and begged me to just go with him and talk to this bloke um, because apparently his father had put money in and um, they were going to lose everything if they didn't retrieve some of the money. So I accepted the offer. Um, uh, first of all, before I, I actually caught up with this guy, um, I did my research I told them, listen, if you've got no paperwork on this person, I wasn't going to get involved. Um, I I got a tip off that he was in Cronulla, so I actually went uh, to go and find out if this guy was in Cronulla. I He, he wasn't. Um, I actually spoke to um, somebody who owned a, a business next to where he was supposed to be, and apparently what he did was he set up a business, uh, and within two or three weeks, he was gone. So he was a con artist. So after that, he gave me a tip off that he was in Wollongong, and his, apparently his ex-wife was living in Wollongong. So I went down to uh, Taraji, where I got the tip off he was, and I got the same answer there too. Um, but his, his, his wife apparently was owed over $200,000 by him too. So I knew what I was up to uh, with trying to get this guy. His name was Richard White from um, Brisbane um, and solely all I was going to do was just try and get the money back there was no heavy handed work that's not how I am anyway so when I got the next tip off that he was going to be in Coffs Harbour at a conference um, I said to this person who got me the job to go down and do it whose father was um, owed money that the only way I was going to do it is one you're driving and two, you let me do the talking and you don't get involved. Um, I don't want to go down there and create havoc and fucking have violence or anything like that because he was a loose cannon. So when he agreed to drive me down, I said, all right, we'll go down and we'll be there in the morning for when he's, when he's there. And um, I'll have a chat to this guy. So we ended up driving down to Coffs Harbour. Um, we got there about 8 o'clock in the morning. Just as we parked into the car park where he was uh, going to do his conference, he actually turned up at the same time in a, in a car. And the only reason I, I knew it was him because his, his car had his company name and him on the car. Um, so the guy who I won't mention who got me the, um, the fucking job and drove me down there um, was going to jump out of the car and grab him. And straight away I had to fucking manhandle him and bring him back. I said, this is not the way we do it. Um, We'll let him go in, and we go in. I, I said, really, I want to do this in public. You know what I mean? I need to see people that I wasn't about to fucking do. I needed witnesses to see that I wasn't going to do anything stupid. So, yeah, I knew I was signing into a club to go and see where he was going. <clears throat> and um, I knew all the consequences that was going to come because I didn't think I was going to do anything wrong. Um, but the guy was pretty switched on. So when I actually went inside, I, I told the guy... Like he's he's in the conference there. Go and get him. I'll I'll stand outside and and wait. You know, if you want to go and get him, this is not me. I'm, I'm not chasing. I'll sit with him. But you want him out here to talk to? You go and get him. Bring him out. 
So he came out. He sat down. Um, I had all the paperwork with me. Um, at this point, I already knew a lot on him. Um, I, I had a tip off that he owed money to a certain um, well-known gangster in Melbourne. And when he came out, I I wanted to suss him out to see if he does if he's lying, or he would lie to me. So I had all the paperwork there with stuff on, and I asked him a question about the the business that he owed money to, and he told he told me twice to my face. I don't know anything about this. I've never heard of him in my life. And I gave him the opportunity. I said, mate, on the third time now, I'm going to tell you right now, if I want to know, do you ever, have you ever done any dealings with this company? And he said, no. And that's when I brought the paperwork on, up on the table. I showed him. I said, now you're lying to me. I said, so everything I say to you now, I don't think I'm going to fucking believe. So we spoke for a bit. <clears throat> um, I asked for his... Um, driver's license, not to see where he lived, not to do anything stupid like that, just to show that the person that I'd gone, who I'm coming up to do the job for, that I'd seen him. You know what I mean? It's proof to show to the person that, yeah, this is him. So he said to me, I'm busy. Can I speak to you at lunchtime? You know, everything was calm. There was, there was no, I said, yeah, I've got no problem. I'll stay around. Um, if you're going to chat to me, we'll sort this out. He was all good for it. Um, we waited till lunchtime. Uh, he came down. We spoke again. He even turned around to me and said, you know, we wanted to sort this out. And could we go on an arrangement with what I owed? I thought, fuck, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a winner here. You know, he said, this is easy. This is good. We're getting somewhere. <clears throat> Little did I know that I asked him to go, listen, he was bullshitting to me. He said, I've got no money. You know, I said, well, listen, just to prove to me and to the people who you owe the money to, can you go to your um, ATM and just get me a balance just so I can show them and I know that there's no fucking bullshit going on here he had no problem with that but when he opened his wallet I've never seen so many fucking credit cards in my life like there was fucking like 10 or 12 like fucking different banks so I knew he was full of shit so but this is where it gets worse the, the guy who I came up with went to the ATM with him and I just said can you just go with him get the balance come back just make sure, because I, I didn't know if he was going to do a runner or whatever he was going to do, and I'd never see him again. So he um, comes back. Everything was all right. I said, okay, I'll take you. I'll take the, um, the, the receipts of what you've shown me, and I left. I was happy. He said, ring me in a couple of days, and uh, we'll try and sort this, uh, this out. Fuck, I left. Little did I know, you know, we get back to fucking Sydney, um, the coppers are looking for me. Um, the guy who I went with had already been uh, caught and taken to St. Mary's police station. And um, apparently the coppers were looking for me. And I said, well, I don't understand why they're looking for me. I've done nothing wrong. Um, but little did I know that the, the fucking dickhead who I went with went to the ATM and took fucking money off him without my knowledge. Um... And it's not, when you're, when you're looking at how much he took, it was fucking like, that was my argument. Do I look like I need to take fucking, I think it was $550 off somebody? Like, I, like is it worth it? Um, but that's what he took. And he didn't tell me there. You know what I mean? It was, he just fucking not had a brain freeze or a fucking stupid moment. He took it off him and didn't tell me and kept it to himself and I'm brought into it for stealing. So, um, 
I handed, went down to St. Mary's Police Station. I thought, I'd better fucking hand myself in. I don't need them fucking coming to my house and raiding my house, knowing because they knew who I was. But I thought I'd play smart um, by going there. Um, so I took my kids because I thought if I take my kids, I won't be there for that long. But they didn't give a shit. Um, I walked up and I remember seeing, I think it was my five or six coppers waiting outside and they just didn't look right. And then I walked in and they followed me and then up the top of the stairs at St. Mary's Police Station, I had about four or five Ds. And then they opened the door, knew who I was, <clears throat> going into the cells. And there was about fucking maybe about eight or nine coppers all waiting for me. All up, I had about maybe 16, 17 coppers waiting for me. <clears throat> and they were ready. They thought I was going to rumble. And I didn't. I, th- I told them, I, like, they seen I had my kids, but they didn't give a shit. They waited their staunch for me to, 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 to start something. Anyway, I went to the back. I told them whatever I did. Um, I had the paperwork with me. Um, and that was it. You know, I did my statement. They said, we're happy with your statement. We're releasing you. Go on your merry way. And that's the last I heard till 2017. And then it all hit the fucking fan. So, mm. you know what I mean? That's, I, I left and they said everything was good. Um, we've got no problem with what your statement is. You know, they, they even told me the guy who they fucking, who went with me didn't fucking know me. He, that's what he put in his statement. I don't know why I went down there. I don't know who Neil Cummins is. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And I, they, I said, is that what he said? And he said, yeah, this is a statement. They showed me it. So how did you, um, how did you feel knowing that... Uh, I feel I've been let down because, like, you know I mean? I told them, like, I've got a book coming out. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to fucking do something stupid. I'm, I'm out the scene now. You know what I mean? I'm... Um, I did this to help because he told me that he was going to lose his house and his dad's ill and this and that. And I'm not, he's not a mate, but, you know, he's an acquaintance that I've known and that's it. You know, I wasn't going there to be staunch. Like, surely you know that. I, I, did I take the money? No, I'm surprised what you just fucking told me. Um, so, yeah, that, that's... Um, they took my details and everything was fine. And, you know, um, I thought that was the last time I was going to hear them. But that's when I got the shock in 2017... And I got the phone call from the Daily Telegraph telling me I was Australia's most wanted. Mm, and, then, and then, you know, when that all happened, what happens to you, like, in your mind? What happens? What, what do you start thinking about? Well, I'm Australia's most wanted. What does that and, actually and, mean to you? When they, when they, I remember they called me on a Sunday afternoon and um, I got this number, private number ringing me and I wouldn't pick it up. I don't like answering private numbers. And then I just thought, fuck, this must be urgent. So I picked it up. And it was the Daily Telegraph. And um, I said, yeah, what can I do for you? And they said, oh, we need to talk to you. And I thought straight away it was about what was going on with the Abrahams at the moment because they had just been put in the news for what happened in Dubai. And I thought that they wanted me to talk and fucking, you know, say things that, you know, what was going on. And I told them, listen, uh, you've rang the wrong person. I'm not, I'm not going to fucking talk about my fucking old boss or anyone like that. And they said, no, we don't want to talk about uh, John or anyone in the Abrahams. We want to talk about you. I said, why, why? I'm out the scene. He said, well, because tomorrow you're Australia's most wanted. <laughs> and I said, I don't think so. I think you got the wrong fucking person. And they said, no. And then they fucking opened up about why I'm going to be it. And they had the whole fucking scenario. How would they have it? They, they were in contact with um, police who were doing um, a new kind of Rome thing where they were trying to find all Australia's most wanted people. And I was on top of their list. So uh, I was kind of like their guinea pig. And so then the next day when that obviously came out? 
the well, when the next day came up, but at, at the start, when I was when I was on the phone to them, uh, I kind of got off and said, "Listen, I don't want to talk to you anymore." Until I spoke to my solicitor, my solicitor, um, I got off the phone. I tried to ring my solicitor. Fuck, I didn't get in touch with him for, for probably about maybe twelve hours because he was on a fucking boat um, on a cruise. So I was fucking shit myself because I, I actually didn't know what to do. I was I was panicking because you know I'd just been told now I was Australia's most wanted. It was Sunday afternoon, like at four o'clock in the afternoon, and I was thinking, what the fuck's my next move? What do I do? Are they fucking kidding me? Are they joking? Am I going to now? What do I do? I go home? Uh, do I go hiding? I, I didn't have a fucking clue what to do. I, I, I was lost and I was panicking like mad because uh, you just got a phone call saying, you know, this about yourself. And it's like, you know, it's never, yeah, I've been in trouble before with the police, but this is huge. You know what I mean? Like all eyes were on me now. It was like, who's going to snitch? You know, just but no one knew about it. I didn't know who to tell. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, I just remember going home and my next move was like, um, when I couldn't get in touch with my solicitor, I just thought I've got to go into hiding. I need to hide somewhere. I didn't. And, but then he told me. Then he actually got in touch with me and, and he says, "All right, don't panic. You're not handing yourself in. I need to fucking see what's going on." Uh, get yourself out of your house because they're going to raid it. Um, go to a hotel, uh, take your kids and your family out and um, um, go into hide. So that's what I did. And, um, you know, I, I got out and he was right. Everyone snitched on me. Hear more from previous seasons of Secrets of the Underworld and make sure you give us a follow and a review wherever you listen.